welcome back to this week's episode of the Duo Draft Podcast. As usual, I'm your host, Jack Biddle, along with the first ever guest in the history of the Duo Draft Podcast, Mr. Will McDevitt. Hello. Calling all the way from London. <laughs> I'm surprised you're up this late. For the record, it's like midnight London time. Not yeah, the perfect time for a podcast. But, you know, it's whatever. Things happen. Mm-hmm. Okay, so, topics for today. Um... Draft is four days away, five days away. Yeah, something like that. It's soon. Um, uh, Kawhi Leonard wants to be traded, and LeBron, as usual, because, you know, every podcast has to talk about LeBron at this point. Um, Every day. Yep. I'm going to start with Kawhi, because I think that's the biggest story right now. Mm -hmm. Um, In case you guys don't know, uh, Kawhi Leonard requested a trade from the San Antonio Spurs. Um, The four teams supposedly going after him the hardest are the Lakers, Clippers, Sixers, and Celtics, um, with his preferred landing spot being one of the Los Angeles teams. Um, A report has come out today um, from uh, Chris Sheridan saying that uh, Kawhi will not sign with a uh, tra- get traded but to a Western Conference team. The Spurs don't want to make a deal with the Western Conference team, um, which essentially leaves the Sixers and the Celtics as the only real players for Kawhi. Um, so if you're any of those four teams, Lakers, Clippers, Celtics, Sixers, what do you offer for Kawhi? Do you offer anything for Kawhi? Um, should the Spurs do nothing? What 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 what's up? What should we, what should we do? I mean, the Spurs obviously can't do nothing. Kawhi is probably a top two player in the NBA, and Ooh, any team I, that I, does I can't put him over Durant. Top three at the very least. Okay. When he was healthy, he was up by about twenty three points on the Golden State Warriors in the first uh, game of the Western Conference Finals. That's that Zaza Pachulia doesn't trip him up. Who knows what happens? That is true. That was just Kawhi. There's no one else on that team. Well, LaMarcus Aldridge is on the team, and Pop is. I mean... Yeah, and what happened that, after Kawhi got hurt? That team made the playoffs. I don't know. <laughs> LaMarcus Aldridge, DeJounte Murray, Pau Gasol-led team made the playoffs. Yeah, but LaMarcus Aldridge really wasn't the same player this year as he was the year before. Greg Popovich did a really good job over the offseason talking to LaMarcus and getting him on board. Yeah. Focusing more on him this year. Yeah, yeah. But regardless, we can agree that Kawhi is a top three player in the NBA. I don't care what team you are. If you can get him, you unload whatever it takes. Even though he's coming off an injury and you don't know that he, he will sign with you. You rarely get an opportunity to have a player that good. So I think if I'm a team, I unload as much as possible. Or if I'm in a really good position, all my dispensable pieces. Okay, I mean, I see that. It's just if I don't have a guarantee that he'll resign and I'm the Sixers or Celtics and I'm giving up Kyrie or Jalen Brown or Fultz or Sarich or whatever, or if you're the Lakers, Ingram or Ball or whoever, am I willing to give up those assets for a year of Kawhi Leonard? Well, let's think about it. So chances are if he gets traded to the Lakers, he'll just stay in L.A. He's not going to well, That's go. true, yeah. If he goes to Boston, 
I believe in Danny Ainge and his ability to sell Kawhi on staying with the Boston Celtics. It's hard to walk away from a team that good that will probably, with Kawhi, make the NBA Finals. And I think Kawhi is the type of guy that if you show loyalty to him and you really talk to him, he will respect you back. Yeah. I think that they could talk Kawhi into staying into Boston. Or Philly, for that matter. Yeah. It's okay. just a gamble you have to take. That That's fair. Okay. I'm going to throw out some max Kawhi packages for you. Mm-hmm. Um, which ones you would take if you were the Spurs. Um, if you change any of these, or if you're one of these teams offering, you w- w- you would like cut things down or out of the deal. Mm-hmm. Um, the Los Angeles Lakers offer Brandon Ingram, Lonzo Ball, Kyle Kuzma, Josh Hart, 25, and the 2019 first-round pick. Well, I'll be honest. If I'm the Lakers, I unload everything. Everything's dispensable at this point. Because if you get Kawhi, chances are you're not just getting Kawhi. If yeah. you think about it, you're trading all that for just straight-up Kawhi. Sure, that's a lot. But if you get Kawhi, I say that's a guarantee you're at least going to get someone out of the three. Paul George, LeBron James, Chris Paul, one of those guys will go to L.A. So if you think of it as you're getting two superstars for that, it's not that big of a price. Potentially three if they can unload Dang in there, too. Just somewhere exactly. else. Um, yeah. But at the same time, like, I don't know how much, like, that's a lot. But mm-hmm. A, teams can offer more. And B, if you're the Spurs, the only player or pick that I like in there is Brandon Ingram. Yeah, I'm not sure. And to your point, that's good for the Lakers. Because do you really think that guys like Lonzo Ball, Kyle Kuzma are all about that hype right now? They're just out of their rookie year. There's no guarantee they're going to be a great player moving forward. Yeah, and at the, at the same time, if I'm the Spurs, I might look for other packages. But I think that's the, like the, if the Lakers were offering as much as they possibly could, I think that's their offer. Mm-hmm. And I still don't think that would be what Boston or possibly Philly could offer. Um, yeah. So the Clippers, mm-hmm. uh, Patrick Beverly, Tobias Harris, 12, 13, and a 2021 first. Hmm. So this one's a tough one because that is a good amount of stuff, but I just don't see him going to the Clippers. I'm going to be honest. I just can't see mm-hmm. it. I mean... Yeah, I mean, Pop doesn't want to trade with the West anyway, but mm-hmm. I, I don't think... I don't think he would go to the Clippers. Yeah, and I would still see better deals out there, to be honest. Yeah. Um, Celtics. This one is different, and I'll explain why. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jalen Brown, Terry Rozier, the 28th pick, Sacramento's 19th pick, Memphis's lottery, uh, top seven protected uh, 2019 pick, and the Clippers' lottery protected first-round pick. I would, if I'm the Spurs, I'm tempted to take that. I don't even think that's the best deal that the Celtics could offer. So far out of everything since... Uh, that's definitely the best deal in the mm-hmm. best scenario if they're definitely training Kawhi. Yeah. Um, the thing is, 
I would, if I was the Celtics, I'd ultimately try to center a trade around Gordon Hayward. But because mm-hmm. Gordon Hayward's hurt, I don't know what, what he comes back like. And I don't yeah. think his value would be worth centering a trade, a trade around. Um, particularly after you just sign him to a max deal, I don't know if the Spurs want that cap on their on their uh, on their end. Mm-hmm. And if they trade Kyrie and pieces, then this team is literally all small forwards. Yeah. Who handles the ball? Yeah. And do you trust Terry Rozier's playoff performance to be the lead guard on a playoff team going forward? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Well, I have one possibility where. You, you're right. You want to trade Hayward because if you get Kawhi, you're just loading up so much the small forward. Yeah. Why not just, instead of all those other picks, just trade Jalen Brown and Gordon Hayward? Um, yeah, I just think there's better offers for the Spurs at that point. Like Even if it's Hayward, Brown, and the Sacramento pick, I just don't know what I'm getting from Gordon Hayward. But you do know what you're getting from Jalen Brown. I think Jalen Brown has some prospect, has some potential, and I think Hayward and Brown would essentially be going up against the potential of Brandon Ingram in Los Angeles. And yeah, no, Jalen I think Brown, it's better. It's much better than the uh, the Lakers offer, but yeah, I think Ingram is better than Brown. I think so too, but you're also getting, even if Gordon Hayward doesn't come back 100%, he's still a good player, and if you're the sport, the Spurs organization, you have to believe that you're such an established franchise that you could probably sign someone in the offseason too. Like, yeah. Maybe not this offseason, but moving forward, if you keep Popovich, although I... He wants to retire, apparently. Yeah. 2020 is his last year. I would not be surprised if he retires. But even still, they're such a storied franchise, I wouldn't be surprised if someone took a shot and went to the Spurs. Yeah. Um, last team, I think the Sixers' max offer would be Fultz, Dario, Covington, 10, 26, and a 20, 20 first-round pick. So essentially, if you're the Spurs, you're betting on will Markel Fultz turn out. Because Dario is pretty much a finished prospect. Uh, finished product and best chance you get with those other picks is just like role players really um i mean the case for the sixers package over the boston package um fultz has the potential to be better than anyone offered in any of those any of the deals just if he can if he can recover the shot which i act i have faith he does particularly after the drew hanlon workouts i have faith Mm -hmm. that he can recover the shot plus if you get traded to the spurs then you put him with Chip England, and that's a whole other new dimension of like jump shot learning. And then you have the number one overall consensus number one overall pick in a draft that had Tatum and Mitchell. So like, I I think he's the best fit. Uh, Dario it seems like the perfect Spurs prospect. Mm-hmm. Like knows how to yeah. play the game, thinks well, shoots uh, European. European. Um, he seems very Spursian. And Covington, while a drop from Kawhi Leonard, obviously, trading Kawhi for all of that plus a first-team all-defense three-point shooter—that's mm-hmm. not—that's a—that's a pretty decent return package. I'm not even sure I'd call Robert Covington a three-point shooter at this point. Well, he shot thirty. Okay, 
everyone goes cold every once in a while. He broke his hand. No, he didn't go cold. He went ice cold. He, he broke his hand. He didn't show up. You can still make a layup, man. You can't go zero points in two out of, like, five games that they played against the Celtics. That was atrocious. Yeah, he didn't play well, but I, I think that's... <laughs> I think it's unrealistic to say that he's not a three-point shooter considering he's a 36 or 7% career three-point shooter. I think it's fine. I certainly think he was before his contract extension. After that, I don't know what happened. He got hurt. When was that? When did he get hurt during the season? Um, Portland, diving into a, diving to save a loose ball, dove into the stands, <laughs> uh, hurt his back. Okay. Um, yeah. But yeah, so if you had to pick a favorite right now to land Kawhi, who is it? I still think Boston, but you listed all those deals. I think Boston may be willing to push even further if they believe that it's only Philly and Boston because they have to recognize what their opponents are doing. Boston has mm-hmm. to be concerned with the moves of Philadelphia, and if they know of Philly gets Kawhi. We're not just a threat this year. Ben Simmons, Kawhi Leonard, and Embiid are a potential dynasty in the Eastern Conference. If I'm Danny Ainge, I cannot let that happen, no matter what. Even if I have to take a risk, it's sort of like a block, and he has the assets to do it. Yep. That makes sense. To be honest, people think Kawhi's definitely gone. I would not be surprised if Greg Popovich can talk it out with Kawhi. While I do think Boston is the most likely landing point, I think the Spurs and staying there would be his second most likely than going to Philly. Interesting. Um, yeah, I could see that happening easily. Okay, moving on to the NBA draft in four days. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll start with... Who do you think is the best prospect in the draft? Like, who is your best prospect? The highest ceiling has got to be Luka Doncic just because of his fundamentals. Mm-hmm. He has everything except for his, his athleticism. He's got the size. That guy can be special. The only question is whether or not he can do it against NBA athletes. Yep. I'm a bit concerned because... Other draft uh, prospects, DeAndre Ayton, I think he can be a really good player, but he's going to the Spurs. He's going to the Suns. I have a hard time seeing the Suns management doing well with him because I think a lot that has to go into whether these players turn out is the organization they go to. Oh, I think I think the Suns actually have, are a well-managed team. They just tank because they don't have the players they need. But I think a Look how they of, handled the situation with their uh, three-point guards just only like a couple years ago where they had like Isaiah Thomas, Eric Bledsoe, and Goran Dragic. I don't know. Although he is a hometown Phoenix, uh, hometown Arizona guy, so I could see things working out, but I still believe Luka Doncic has a higher upside. Yeah, I mean, again, like you said, the athleticism is concerning. Um, because a lot of his game revolves around making sure people can 
uh, like he can break guys down and get to the rim because he can't really finish above people. He's got to finish by people and create his own shot. And if he can't get by NBA athletes, it's a little it's a little concerning. But he's still far and away the number one prospect on my board mm-hmm. because he can just do more than everyone else. And he thinks the game so much better. And I trust guys that can think the game more than physical specimens who may or may not know what they're doing. Funny how I still don't even have him going in my top two picks, though. Yeah, so how far do you think he falls? I think he get pick, he'll get picked up by Atlanta. I think Dennis Schroeder is just out of there. He's had a lot of clashes with the Atlanta management, and mm-hmm. he's not happy with the situation he's in. I'm not sure Luka Doncic would be either, but he'd be kind of forced into that for a couple of years, and I think they would be able to build by the time he gets a chance to leave. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if they moved Dennis Schroeder and surprise a bunch of people by taking Luka Doncic at the three pick. Yeah, no, that's conceivable. I just, I would be, I would be surprised if uh, Doncic, I, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if he slipped to three. I just also wouldn't be surprised if the Hawks were like, we prefer a big, uh, American big man. I'm going to take Jaron Jackson or Bagley or Bamba or whatever. It wouldn't surprise me. I think that Doncic is just the better player, but I think he's legitimately falling, and it's weird. I don't know why. We also have to think about, we both agree that Luka Doncic has the highest ceiling out of anyone in this draft. Actually, no, I disagree with that. I think the highest ceiling of anyone in the draft is Aiton. Aiton? Yeah, I don't. That doesn't mean he'll be the better player. I think Doncic is the number one pick, but I think Aiton because if if Aiton like builds up his core strength and like focuses more on his defense, he's Embiid cloned. Mm-hmm. He has a very similar offensive game, the face-up style. If he can work on his like back to the basket, pounding a guy in and defensive reads, he's Embiid. And I don't think Luca has the athleticism to be necessarily a top five NBA player. Well, one problem uh, Aiden will have to come up against, you just named it. Big man like Dwell Embiid. He's going to have a lot of competition yeah, that's going true. into the NBA. He's going to have to go up against, think about the uh, great big men coming into the league right now. Carl Anthony Towns, Porzingis, Dwell Embiid. That's just three. Yeah, And all of them are going to be going at DeAndre Aiden from day one while they're already established. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, Luca should still go one. He won't, but I think he should. Um, what is your opinion on Michael Porter? He's such a big risk. So I have him going two to the Kings. Which is disgusting. Yeah. He has a ton of... Well, that's the thing. It's the Kings. That's true. The Kings that's, have the, the Kings. potential for the biggest disaster out Every team in the draft, they're the ones that could just mess it up. Mm-hmm. And I think they could be kind of blindsided by the potential of Porter and just hit a big bust in terms of injury because he's still not back of his back, uh, correct? He's still having, like, back spasms even this he, far. He canceled a workout because of his hip, um, his hip, which is related to back injuries, so... I just think that the Kings would be stupid enough to risk it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. We're talking about the same guy that traded DeMarcus Cousins for uh, 
uh, but he healed, essentially. Yeah, pretty much. And a late first. But he healed. <laughs> but he healed. Um, yeah, no, it's... I get it, but at the same time, it's... I. The potential's there. I just don't... I don't like him even as a prospect on a basic level. Like, mm -hmm. I get where everyone's coming from, and wow, he's a 6'10 guy that can potentially score the basketball, but he's incredibly inefficient. Even in high school, he was inefficient. He's atrocious on defense. He <laughs> tries sometimes, maybe, but for a guy that's 6'11", you want him to play some 4, maybe some 5, and he refuses to protect the rim. He has the potential to rebound, but he doesn't box out or give any effort on the defensive glass. I don't like the way his mentality is. I don't think his handle's as strong as everyone else thinks it is. I am seriously worried about him as a prospect, regardless of the back issues. And if the back issues remain, then you're taking a huge injury risk, too. And I just, I, I can't endorse that. Yeah, I'll be honest. I don't even know if he's a top five prospect for me, but I could just see the Kings messing it up. Yeah, no, that's true. <laughs> I'm betting on the Kings. I have Porter's my 10th prospect. I moved him way down. The more I watch him, the more I don't like him. Mm -hmm. But the more I watch Kevin Knox, the more I do like him. What oh. is your opinion on Kevin Knox? I ha so I haven't had a lot of opportunities to look into Kevin Knox, but I did hear that he's starting to make a lot of noise. Uh, mm -hmm. I heard one, he had a workout with like the Sixers and basically looked best guy on the floor, without a doubt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's been rising up some boards. I've seen him mocked as early as seven to the Chicago, assuming Michael Porter goes earlier. That's um, a stretch. And the like, the thing that I'm that I see in Knox is he's he doesn't turn twenty until next July or next August. So mm -hmm. he's already. 18. He's 18 now. He will be 19 his entire rookie season. And, like, that youth is, is something already. He's going to be one of the youngest process, prospects in the draft. And he has some serious, like, go-to scoring potential. And I think Kentucky hid some of his abilities. Because Kentucky as a team was put together incredibly poorly this year. Um, and they relied really a lot on Knox to score the basketball. It's like they're really their only offensive scoring threat. And little things that Knox has remind me a lot of Jason Tatum. Hmm. And because I didn't like Knox originally, but the more I watch him, the more he reminded me of Tatum. And while I didn't necessarily love Tatum as a prospect coming out, I think uh, Tatum's youth and like ability to just like sit down and work on it made him uh, one of the best players in the Celtics last year. And I can see that from an 18-year-old with that kind of potential getting in good shape and being a very good player. I mean, from everything you're saying, he looks like someone to really look out for and someone that can probably be a big surprise on draft night, see where yeah. he ends up. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if he was one of the ended up being one of the better players in this class. Um hmm. Let's see. Biggest sleeper. Uh, I don't know, man. I mean, possibly he's down at eight. I've only really looked at the top 
10 prospects. Mm -hmm. But the guy that has the potential down there is Trey Young. Yeah. He has so much potential, but he has such a high possibility of just being a dud, too. Mm-hmm. He's a huge boomer bust guy, but the shooting will translate incredibly well. I have a feeling that, like, because at Oklahoma, he was literally the only offensive threat in the entire team, and mm-hmm. he didn't have NBA-level spacing. So literally being the only threat, everyone's crowding the three-point line. Uh, he took some really terrible shots, and he needs to get that out of his head that he can't take those in the NBA. But mm-hmm. the passing instincts and the shooting and the ball handling really give me hope. But at the same time, he will be atrocious on defense. Absolutely oh, yeah. atrocious. And if you pick him, you have to be willing to like look at your team and the other players like surrounding Trey Young and deciding if they can cover his weaknesses. So a team like Orlando, who I think will, I think is the favorite to land Young, would be a mm-hmm. good spot. It's funny that you say that because I also have him going to Orlando. Yeah, I think the combination of uh, Gordon and Isaac um, would mask a lot of the perimeter problems uh, that Young has. Isn't uh, Gordon a free agent though this summer? Yeah, but he's he's a restricted free agent, so I'm assuming the Magic will match any offer because mm-hmm. I don't know who's going to pay him, like. Maybe the, maybe I've heard the rumors that, uh, that they struck out, strike out on everyone, but I heard rumors that Dallas may be thinking about giving him close to a max contract. Yeah, I could see it, but I think that I think that Orlando would match. He's their only good player. <laughs> max contract for one good year. He's twenty two. I know he's twenty two, but it's such a small sample size, and he was a good player on a really bad team. It's hard for you to take anything out of that. So if you put him on a good team, who knows what will happen. He could end up being like a 10-point scorer for all you know. Yeah, but I just, I don't know. If I'm the Magic, the only thing we've done right as an organization in the past seven years is draft Aaron Gordon. And I think you can't tell your fan base that we're not going to pay him when you or we'll basically be paying the same amount of money to Bismack Biombo. I mean, before last year, people wouldn't have said that drafting Aaron Gordon was a good thing. But drafting Aaron like not necessarily whether it's a good thing or not. That let the jury's still out, but it's the best thing the Magic have done. I think Isaac will be good, so I can I'm holding my breath on that, mm-hmm. but Hazonia didn't work. Alfred Payton, Sam Hankey finessed the magic on Alfred Payton. Um, they had Victor Oladipo. Oladipo getting traded for, and Sabonis getting traded for Serge Ibaka. Like, things like that. Like, they mm-hmm. had those pieces, and they just didn't do anything. Like, the, I think the Magic are honestly one of the most poorly run teams in the NBA, and just mm-hmm. in general. I would agree with that. Yeah. Okay, last thing before I let you go. LeBron. What's up with LeBron? So, I do think there's a high potential he ends up in Los Angeles just because of all the hype around it and because I do think there will be some company with him in Los Angeles. I don't think it'll be Kawhi, but I wouldn't be surprised if uh, Paul George and Chris Paul come with him to L.A. Can they make three max contracts? Yeah. At that 
that's ninety million dollars of salary cap. I think they would have to trade away Ingram and maybe Lonzo Ball or Kyle Kuzma to get rid of uh, Luol Deng's contract and have to find some way to make even more cap space, but they could do it. It would, now, be, it would be really difficult. They'd have to renounce their draft pick too, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, now, that being said, his best chance of winning a championship, without a doubt, is going to Houston, and not as a free agent, but by telling the Cavs GM that, hey, either I walk for nothing or I can agree to my player option, you can trade me to Houston in exchange for Ryan Anderson's contract and, say, three potential first-round picks. I just, if I'm Cleveland, I'd rather have LeBron go for nothing. I mean, Ryan Anderson's contract will be up in two years. But Ryan, An- Ryan Anderson's contract is atrocious. One, I'm, like, it's, it's a really bad contract. I, I don't, and I want Ryan Anderson for two years. And I'm taking on three number 30 picks or whatever in late years. And I'm getting, like, is three no. number 30 picks and $40 million of salary cap space that I, when I'm already in the luxury tax worth getting rid of LeBron. Now, the key is the year, though, of the picks. So I wouldn't have them give me the 2019 pick. I would probably have them give me like a 2020, 2021, 2022, 23, something like that down the road. Well, it would have to be 2022 and 24. Something like that. Where Chris Paul and LeBron James have already aged and it's possible that Houston will have used up all of their pieces that they just have nothing left and they end up like Brooklyn where... They trade everything, give up all their draft picks, and are left with nothing. Maybe I just like I don't I don't see it. And even then, if they can trade for LeBron, they still you would need more than Ryan Anderson's contract. I think Eric Gordon goes in that too. Mm-hmm. Um, but you'd be willing to give that up if you can get LeBron. Well, yeah, no, you would be if you're Houston. But then your lineup is basically Paul, Harden, LeBron, maybe Capella if you can still pay him. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you can or not, but maybe you can. And then you have to get rid of Trevor. You have to renounce Ariza. Um, so you're basically looking at vet minimums mm-hmm. along with those four. And is that enough to beat the Warriors? I don't know. I mean, they were up 3-2 this year. I think that Houston should have beaten them. And I think even without LeBron, they could beat the Warriors at this point. Yeah, but also, you're right about the age thing. Like, I don't know how... Like, LeBron, if he wants to win one championship, Houston's his best bet. If he wants mm-hmm. to win more than one championship, I don't know if Houston's his best opportunity. Mm-hmm. Because Chris Paul won't be able to play more than 32 minutes a night. No. He can't. And he'll, his play will start seriously declining. And with the amount of money you have to pay Chris Paul, because he's going to get a max contract, is Harden and LeBron alone enough in two years to win championships? I don't know. It'd be a gamble. I think it's his best bet. I think if Boston could work out a sign-in trade for LeBron, that's his best bet. I have a hard time seeing... I mean, yes, you're right, but I just can't see LeBron ending up in Boston. As a Sixers fan, that'd be hard. Well, yeah, that too. Like, I wouldn't want it to happen, but... And I think it would be really hard because Kyrie would also have to go too. Mm -hmm. And you'd essentially be making LeBron play point guard again. But I don't know. 
maybe they maybe they get it done. But I also don't see LeBron wanting to go to Boston. He has so much history with the Celtics, bad history, that mm-hmm. going there is would look a little weird. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks for coming on the pod. Hope to have you again soon. No problem. Thanks for having me. Yeah. All right. Peace.